Welcome to a packed video game news video. If you like news that isn't just regurgitating the same couple headlines, subscribe. Let's begin right out of the gates with amazing news. Elden Ring Seamless Co-op is on its way. This is a mod in public beta testing starting the 27th of this month. It's Elden Ring Seamless Co-op from Luke to you. But what does it do? First, yes, it's true. Luke uploads videos that look like they're about 120p resolution and run at 12 FPS. But maybe that's because he's doing God's work on the mod. Doesn't have time to perfect the recordings. So I'm going to try to get you some good video here. What does the mod do? It runs on its own connection between the users. It allows for four players total, has unique items for all the players, including boss drops. And progress that you experience in the mod with others is shared. Here's the link to the video where he discusses the upcoming beta. The game launches on its own with its own launcher, requiring no anti-cheat and isn't something that would get you banned from the main game. This is some serious amounts of work on a mod to make all of the co-op within the game seamless. Now, other mods can fully be used as well here, including randomizers and anything else that you want to try, as long as everyone has the mod installed. If only one of you does, then that game will actually run that mod just for you, which in a way is also pretty cool. The mod here for seamless co-op also has a spectator mode. Let's be honest, man. Elden Ring's awesome, but this is going to take it up another level. Luke and various bug testing folks have been playing for a while. You can check out their links in the video, in the description. You've got a bunch of different groups doing different testing. The mod is going to go live on Nexus Mods on the 27th, they say, and I suggest that you check it out. There's already excellent evidence of this being one of the best mods for Elden Ring. Hell, they made it so you can turn on friendly fire for PvP type experiences as well by just using an item in the game world. Sometimes you can say somebody has thought of everything, and I can say with the seamless mod, it certainly seems like they have. Speaking of thinking, or perhaps not thinking, Norman Reedus leaked Death Stranding 2, or at least that he was possibly working on it during an interview. Kojima even seemed to back that up with some Twitter posts. Now, Norman Reedus' interviews are always interesting. If the dude isn't driving motorcycles around the world of superstars, he's writing books or filming a show that somehow should have been canceled 11 years ago. But not only has two spinoffs, it's got a third coming, and that's with him as the main character. He sat down for an interview with LeoEdit.com to talk about Walking Dead and it's coming to a close, and his own jump into the spinoff show that basically just takes everything he does at random times in Walking Dead and removes all the side stories. And that's where he lets slip that Death Stranding 2 is being made. Here was the question from Leo Edit. Okay, so you got the book coming, you've got the final season coming out, then the spinoff, and you're filming Death Stranding, the video game. His response to that was, we just started the second one. Leo Edit said, how did that come about? And Norman continued to explain. But he also possibly let slip Silent Hill. During his explanation, he said, I was in San Diego and Kojima came up with a big group of people. He's from Tokyo and he showed me what he was working on at the time, which was a game called Silent Hill. I was blown away by what he was showing and I was like, hey man, let's do something. It's not Miss Pac-Man, it's realistic, it's futuristic, it's so complicated and beautiful. I was completely blown away. It took me maybe two or three years to finish all the mocap sessions and everything. It takes a lot of work. And then the game came out and just won all these awards. It was a huge thing. So we just started part two of that. I think most of us knew that a second was coming out, but that is twice in the same interview that he backs up the fact that it for sure is happening. And then Kojima, possibly hot from a therapy session about his young days, popped onto Twitter and posted a couple updates that looked like he was either going to beat up Norman or hug him. 
Fake response aside, let's discuss what Death Stranding 2 may bring to the table. First, as we discussed in the podcast, the inclusion of Norman probably means not a prequel and certifiably not a side character. Norman isn't going to side ride with anybody, so that means a true sequel. Interestingly enough, the Decima engine that Horizon Forbidden West and Zero Dawn are made on also runs Death Stranding. It'll be interesting to see some of the changes in both workflow-wise as well as just the technical chops that leach out into this new game, because you certainly can't say that was ugly. But that does bring up some interesting points. If rumors are to be believed, the same ones that now seem to prove that Death Stranding 2 is coming, a ton of games have Kojima on them or in some way attached to them. That's the interesting part. I can count no less than four or five rumors about games and series that involve him, something that is obviously more of a game fan's dream versus reality, possibly. However, if you cut that in half, that's still a lot of titles for one person to be working on. The rumored Silent Hill stuff or the one rumor about some kind of extension to a series he's made popular in the past. It's gonna be a busy couple years for that dude. Walking Simulator or not, Death Stranding made a lot of fans, and a sequel, though the original game felt by most people to be mostly tied up and not requiring a second game, will bring more and more fanfare and excitement as we get closer to it. It's less about why is it coming, and more about what will it be like when it gets here. And another title where we're going to be asking that question is God of War Ragnarok, and my guess that it is for sure coming out in 2022. You may be thinking, why is there a guess? Don't we all know that? Well, there's been some hedging on the dates here for God of War Ragnarok 2, but I want to tell you guys something that I noticed. First, we've seen companies release videos and do interviews and state a date and then change it. Bethesda just did that with Starfield. Sometimes that happens. However, if you track God of War Ragnarok and see how Sony is handling their information, to me personally, I firmly believe that it will not be delayed. One of the major reasons is a weird technical thing here. It's that they began to recently show their options for accessibility. Now, while this isn't true of every single company, we have seen some companies do great accessibility, including Sony themselves, as well as others in various titles. However, many times those options will change and adjust in advance and be removed or added later in the game after things are more solidified or at the very least polished at some point. Sony's massive blog indicating a huge number of accessibility options in Ragnarok not only indicates to me that the game is farther along than a lot of people assumed, but it is locked for 2022, especially because some of the options they showed for accessibility require a great deal of work. For example, while subtitles can assuredly be adjusted and altered fairly late in the game, and of course with patches later on, if you look closely, they also showed a number of options for audio as well as visual descriptions of events occurring. These aren't the same thing and require a lot of work late in the game, and it's a tremendous undertaking to make sure that the timing on those different prompts are done correctly and at the right time, and they take in level data, and if you change the level data and you adjust it, then you have to go back and change all of that. One of the biggest indicators here is that something called Assistance Plus is here, which adds interactivity based on moves like climbing and crawling and squeezing through locations, and these can be automatic. Those are incredibly contingent just technically on information from the level data itself, and they have to be checked and rechecked. There's no way to passively quality check those, at least as far as I know. They also have a tremendous number of audible cues, including timing, weapon swaps, and unblockable attack sound cues. And these are all gonna be building together. While Sony's sound game is always on point, this does require a huge amount of proper communication across various different teams, including sound and music, supposedly, that also 
are usually late in the game and certainly I would say aren't necessarily or incredibly overstaffed compared to some of the other spots. In fact, if you talk to some composers, they'll tell you that many times they don't know the game or many times they're brought in later in the game. We don't quite know how Sony does this, but if you take a lot of the experiences from other teams and look at it and just add even a slight amount of detail, you can see that a lot of these people seem to be working on a game that is far, far longer in the tooth than we expect. Again, that design being contingent on the level data many times. Now, changing a battle, for instance, could also lead to arbitrary warnings or double warnings or difficulty in parsing sounds in the accessibility department without losing them in the mix, requiring people to continually test that and adjust those moments. While this blog entry was indeed connected to Global Accessibility Awareness Day, the level of detail in addition to those options being shown indicate to me that this is farther along than a delay would most likely indicate. This game is for sure coming, and for those people who were hoping that was the case, it looks like your wish is coming true. And a lot of us have had another wish, and that's that Atomic Heart would get back on track, and apparently it has. Few games so instantly hit the what the hell meter so hard that it adds another H to be what in the holy hell. A global system failure happens at a Soviet facility 3826 that leads machinery to rebel against the people. Your major P3 and your task is to eliminate the consequences of large-scale accidents and prevent the leakage of classified information threatening to destroy the whole world. That's what originally we found out about Atomic Heart was long ago. However, the developer originally said that they wanted an action game first and foremost and be very dynamic. You can definitely strategize on the go, pick up various playstyles, but the core gameplay revolves around high-octane action. Think Doom, Wolfenstein, but way crazier. Watching the trailer was nuts because it did seem like a combination of various different titles that was a little hard for us to parse, but still looked awesome. Atomic Hearts has somehow pulled the heartstrings of gamers since that first trailer, which ran at a spectacular like 12 FPS when it came out. The Eastern aesthetics that we've seen in titles like Stalker drew me in personally. And then, of course, finding out the main character is a mentally unstable KGB agent just added that SCP feel to it. But you can't deny that the more we saw of Atomic Heart, the more trailers we watched, the more the game also reminds us of another classic that isn't often mentioned in this discussion, which is Half-Life. From the bio-styled robots, the mysterious faceless enemies, the overarching odd atmosphere of dire times. However, as everybody was sort of building up to this and a 2022 date, the war in the Ukraine absolutely upset the Apple cart for many people, including these devs working on the game, firmly shuttering the developers for an amount of time that I think a lot of people thought would most likely push this out of 2022. Munfish has recently popped up commenting, stating that they are back working on this title. We don't know the exact release date though. Munfish has stated that a combined dream team of 120 developers has been working on this, its own internal and external people as well, but external and internal issues have held it up and slowed it down. While the developers have recently said that they've spent over 560,000 combined man hours on the game, that doesn't actually impress me that much. My parents spent 18 years raising me and I still occasionally slam my thumb in drawers. Time doesn't equal excellence. However, even from the back days and the get-go when the first trailers were shown, what I saw here looked exciting. It looked different. And to see these guys finally get back on track and to see this title coming up in discussion again is fantastic. I hope they can get back on their feet and it certainly sounds like they have and are safe and they can continue to make the game that they've wanted to make for a very long time. And hopefully release some trailers that are like, you know, 30 FPS. As you guys know, I also love to discuss upcoming free games coming out on services. 
It's also insanely important to me to understand what games are leaving services. So let's discuss a couple leaving from Xbox from the 24th on. EA Sports NHL 20, Farming Simulator 19, Knockout City, Resident Evil 7, Super Hot Mind Control, and Yes, Your Grace. I can speak from experience that Yes, Your Grace and Resident Evil 7 are games no one should miss, and it's important to know that these titles are leaving services. And I get it that while service discussion usually revolves around some kind of, oh, there's too many games for me to check out, but I'm going to get to it when I can, I think it's also vital that you know that you might not be able to as these games continue to come and go from the various different services. We've got some new games coming this month. We've got some old games going away, but I can tell you right now, check them out. Regardless of what service you have, there's a lot of very cool games here. And I hope some of these games I've just talked about are ones that excite you. Atomic Heart looks fantastic to me. And there's a bunch of other news that's come out this week that is also very cool. It's going to be an exciting fall as we jump into it. Summer, hey, who knows? We'll have to see exactly what happens at the Xbox event and so on. Again, if you like video game news like this, give it a subscription. Maybe check out the reviews as well, which you're going to see from me a review in the next day or so. Peace out. Enjoy the rest of your week. Check out the Reddit and Patreon.